eyes peeled, everyone. It's time for the full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. And welcome to the full 10 yards college football podcast. We're officially, we've officially started the season now, really, haven't we? As we said last week, the Power Five conferences are underway. We've got our preseason week one and week two out of the way. And also, as we were hearing reports of last week, our fantasy draft just about finished in time. So we're underway in that as well. So football is back, gentlemen. This week, we're going to take you through the best of the games from this weekend and then look ahead to next week. Uh, we're joined by Andy and Kieran as always, and this week, Rob, despite saying he was going off to the fantasy <laughs> pods, is back with us. Uh, is, it a, is it a permanent stay, or is it just a one-week loan period? Uh, I think it's permanent. Do you know what? I, as soon as I said that last week, I automatically thought, oh, I need to think this one through properly. I really enjoy this podcast with you boys. I think it's it's fantastic. I think we've, we've gelled well, and we put some good content out there. Love ripping, ripping Kieran for his terrible LSU takes. Um <laughs> And yeah, it's just, uh, that's, that's how it is. So I, I, did, I had a foot think about it and I thought, no, you know what? I'll, I won't. I'll, I'm going to squeeze this in. So if you'll have me, if you don't want me, I'll leave. That's no problem. I don't care. Uh, but <laughs> I'm, I'm here to stay if that's all right. No, we'll, we'll keep you. We'll keep you. You know, as long yes. as you want to stay, you know, you're not going to run off and things like that. So <laughs> yeah, no, we're more than happy to have you. And then we've got a fifth member of the podcast in tonight with us. We've got Liam, who's done a little bit of writing for us over the summer. And um, yes, yeah, we welcome you in, mate. How are you? Thanks, Scott. Yeah, how are you? How is everyone? Very, very good. Thank you. Good to have you. Yeah, cheers. Obviously, we've got a new member, so we'll just get a little bit of an introduction out of the way before we get into everything else. So, Liam, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. So, where does, where does football in allegiances start for you, and, and what do you love about college football? What brings you back to watch football on Saturday and Sundays? Football allegiances starts with the NFL. I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan. And then uh, college football, uh, I am pretty neutral, which is helpful it helps me enjoy games i don't despair over uh games either um uh writing wise uh if you want me to get into that yeah go for it yeah tell everyone uh some of you will know me as at liam 66 nfl on twitter some of you will know me as a contributor from the old nfl uk website um nfl draft analyst for a number of years uh which has brought me here working with you guys now Absolutely. Yeah, looking forward to getting into some players, talking about some players later on down the line as draft season rolls around. So yeah, and everyone else, everyone else having a good week so far. I know we're on Monday, but you know, has everyone started off pretty well? Yeah, I've got a few nods, yeah. (laughs) Standard stuff. I I could have another baby by tonight, but you know, who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Just, you know, random. Well, not random, you know, I guess it was quite planned. You know, you've known about it for quite a long time. No, no, it was random. Um, I'll wait, so we'll go, we'll wait till she's born and then I can have a paternity test. But um, um, <laughs> no, um, unfortunately, my wife is in hospital, but I can't go in. So um, I'm literally waiting by the phone here just to uh, see whether, what's going on. So I might just disappear at any moment. Apologies if I do, but I, I plan not to. Yeah, so there we go. So it, that's kind of done my planning note for me. If, if we sort of start off with Rob and then he's not here at the end, then you know why now as, as the listener. So yeah, I guess it's a bit of a funny one, isn't it? Because I guess because of COVID, you're not even allowed in, are you not? No, no, not, um, not you're allowed in. So this is a bit of a tangent. We will talk college football <laughs> in a minute. Uh, but uh, for, as for 24 hours in A&E, uh, well, yeah, it, you're allowed, your partners are allowed in for the actual birth. But as soon as, the, as, soon as she moves uh, to the ward, I'm, I'm, I've got to go. I'm not allowed in, um, which is weird. And like tonight, she's, um, 
in I think it's called triage. I don't know what it's called. I'm not a medical person, but she's in some room somewhere that I'm not allowed in, and I've got a one-year-old currently in bed. So <laughs> I'm just literally waiting by my phone. <laughs> and now we've lost all the listeners. We'll talk about some football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, best of luck. Obviously, I'm sure that comes from everyone here. Hopefully, everything goes well. And uh, yeah, your family goes by one and uh, everything goes well from there. Cheers, boys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. good. Excellent. Right, okay. So we've got a few games to talk about. There's a few nice games to talk about, a few blowouts to talk about. Kieran, should we come through with you for the, the, the best Tigers team in college football? Uh, unless you didn't play this weekend, mate. Um, yeah, Clemson Wake Forest. I just need to remind you guys who the best team in college football is since we get so disrespected. Yeah, so um, just for anyone who obviously doesn't see this, which is only us guys, Kieran's wearing an LSU cap, an LSU t-shirt, Probably LSU socks, things like that. But he just seems uh, to have a Cincinnati Bengals uh, headset. That looks things. As well, PewDiePie, funnily enough. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> for, for me, it's actually backwards on the screen. So it says USL. So it's actually University of, uh, of Salt Lake. So I don't know who they are, if they're any good or anything. They're probably better Solid than LSU. Division three team. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, um, Clemson Wake Forest when as could be expected. It's Clemson. They are one of the best teams in college football, if not the second best. Um, they just they just went after it against um, Wake Forest. A lot of um, option plays from Trevor Lawrence. He ran two in himself. Travis Etienne got after it, and they, you know, he threw for three hundred and fifty yards and a touchdown. And it's Trevor Lawrence. He he's a Heisman front runner. Every year he's played in college football, he's been a Heisman front runner. He is one of the best college uh, football quarterbacks right now. Wake Forest couldn't get it going. They didn't even put a score up till the third quarter. It was it was dismal. It, it was it was tough to watch them play. It was almost like watching high schoolers play, especially when every time Clemson on the field, it didn't look like they were trying. Every play from Clemson looked low effort and <laughs> like they didn't care, but they were still just moving the ball. It was ridiculous. They sacked the Wake Forest quarterback, quarterbacks, I think, five times because Wake Forest fielded three different quarterbacks through the game. Only one of them managed the touchdown and that was Griffey's. There's not much to say. It was an absolute schlacking. If, if, you know, if you want to go watch the game highlights on YouTube, it will just be 12 minutes of Clemson moving the ball and then Wake Forest throwing a couple of interceptions and, and, and just getting sacked a lot. So yeah, it, you know, as could be expected, I wish Clemson had a bit of a bigger challenge going in, into week one but as you know as things are with covid right now it's you know it's to be expected uh, especially as people have had limited practice and we obviously heard a lot of clemson athletes did test positive Mm. for covid whether it was on the football team or not they haven't disclosed but you know that happened yeah 37 13 i honestly didn't think wake forest to put up any points given how good the clemson defense is but yeah it is is pretty simple. It was just Clemson, Clemson, Clemson. They were hammering on the nail that is the Demon Deacons. Hmm. Obviously, we talked about in preseason or before the season, should I say, about the lack of high-quality receivers that Clemson have got. Did that kind of show up for you in this game, or was that kind of not really a factor? Given that Wake Forest again pretty weak in this point, at this point, should I say? Well, you know, it didn't look as good as they did last year, given that you know they don't have the top quality receivers they had last year. And uh, actually the biggest shock um, that I think a lot of commentators echoed as well is that while Lawrence and Etienne were on the field, Newman and Sage Sherat weren't. 
they were the guys who opted out. And if you think anyone's going to opt out to like focus on the draft, it would have been Etienne and Lawrence because they are, they're both potentially looked at as first rounders at this point. They're both exceptional players. Um, and, you know, I think that hurt Wake Forest. I think they would have had a way better chance with Newman and um, Surratt in the game because you could see there was a lot of drop balls by Wake Forest receivers. But, you know, Clemson receivers, who they had, came out great. I mean, um, Rogers 90 yards, five receptions. Galloway, 60 yards, five receptions. Uh, Etienne actually took in three balls for 47 yards. But they, I think they passed to, like, nine different receivers over the course of the game. Uh, 12 different receivers over the course of the game. So they, they really moved the ball about and, and got a lot of guys on the field. But, but by the time it came like towards the end of the third quarter, they just trotted out the backups and put mm-hmm. guys out there who maybe needed a little bit of playing time, freshmen and stuff. So, yeah, it, look, it, until they play a, a team who's a bit more evenly matched with them, you're not going to see if the the lack of receivers hurt them because you're not going to see them have to go up any defences or corners that are going to press them or safeties that are going to be able to read Trevor Lawrence's eyes a little bit better. But yeah, it's not a game to judge a team's talent by just because it was the talent levels are so different on each team. It's hard to judge how they're going to actually play when the season gets started. So, you know, wait, wait until a few more weeks in. Well, I know ACC is not exactly a, a great conference for big hitters, especially on the level that Clemson are. Sorry, Andy. Um, but let let them play a team like Florida State or a team that, you know, can handle themselves a bit more on defense. And we're... Ah, <laughs> doing much, but um, <laughs> we'll, we'll wait till they, they face a team who can sort of handle themselves a bit better defensively and you'll really be able to see what Clemson are made of and if the lack of receivers is hurting them. Mm. The, the disrespect for the 2020 ACC champions, Notre Dame Fighting Irish is off the chain here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, can, I completely agree with what you're saying. You know, it's waiting, it's got to be waiting and seeing, hasn't it, until we do get some real competition for Clemson. Probably not coming up in the next week, though, because they play Citadel. So we'll just, yeah, you know... it, it, it's like judging a team off preseason games because that's what it feels like. I know no one's really had like spring games and stuff like that, but it, you know, it it just felt like a preseason game mm. because they were trotting out freshmen and you know they they didn't have to face any defense that was going to pressure them at all we know Lawrence and his guys can go up against big defenses we've seen what they've done in the playoffs they've won national championships but they've got a new receiving core in there and until they face guys like FSU and UNC and Notre Dame guys who can play defense really really well you're not going to see what they're made of yet so so a few more weeks into the season and you'll be able to judge them a bit better but you know, it's going to be the same story for Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. They're absolute studs. And I think despite who they come up against, they're still going to keep playing good. They'll just probably give a bit more of a, a shit about it this time. <laughs> they just seemed bored. That, that's all. That, it looked like a kid who's beating his little brother at Madden. They just mm-hmm. looked like they, they were just trying everything just to have fun out there. Does anyone think he sounds like a Clemson fan right now? moving on Rob tell us about App State's game yeah a game that probably not many of you saw because uh, App State go fly right under the radar Um, I was saying to the boys here before before we started the podcast they're they're just they're not mentioned anywhere I listened to three or four really big 
college podcast and they've just forgotten about. So I'm going to bring it back and I'm going to, our listeners, I'm going to convert them all into Appalachian State fans. Um, week one, but their week one, saw them play uh, a, a decent Charlotte team, to be honest. They're another team that are flying way under the radar, but a team that have got better and better the last couple of years. And um, and they, they weren't too bad. It was quite a good game to watch for the neutral. Um, but as I lean Appalachian State, it was a pretty hard watch on defence. There was, I think, if my memory serves me correctly, there were three, uh, there were three, ter- uh, there were three, four down, four downs that um, Charlotte had that the App State uh, defensive tackle jumped off sides on, and I'm like, it, it was like four and eight on their own 42 and I'm thinking that they ain't snapping that ball <laughs> like have some patience have some patience and there was it was a very frustrating game but I think that was kind of um apparent across a lot of games um rusty defenses and also into the NFL I won't mention that I'm an Indianapolis fan right now and talk about rusty defenses this is not fair on me uh, <laughs> uh but that was the case um offensively both teams were pretty good um Zach Thomas uh, for for App State was uh, was decent, 204 yards passing. Um, I was frustrated from a personal uh, standpoint with uh, the running back from App State, uh, Marcus Williams. I've got him on my fantasy team, and he is well, he's, he's the slated starter. And in the I think it was the first or uh, second drive, maybe they got to the goal line. And he fumbled. Now the thing in college is if you fumble. You, you lose your job for a good few drives um, if you've got a good uh, running back room. That was the case. Uh, uh, Peoples and Harrington came in, uh, who were the other running backs there, and, and took over. And we didn't really see Williams until the second half again. But he, in my opinion, is the best runner. And when he got the ball in the second half, he broke off some massive runs and ended up with 117 yards with a touchdown and was the best running back on the day. Um, Wide receiver-wise, uh, they've got a quality receiver um, out wide uh, called Thomas Hennigan. Uh, he's really worth watching. Um, he's one of these guys that you probably, the listeners won't have heard of, like I said, because App State is a small school. Um, but he's got some real talent. Um, and he's one of these guys that can spring out of nowhere from like a sixth or seventh round pick in the draft uh, and end up being like your Adam Thielen type of players. Um, so he's someone, if, if you want, if you want to watch some sort of obscure players in college football, Thomas Hennigan, the wide receiver for App State is definitely one of those to watch. Uh, but yeah, like I said, it was a, it was a good game for the neutral to watch. It ended up 35, 20 to App State um, closer than what Vegas had it. I think the, the swing was, I think 17 or 18 was the, um, uh, was the um, what's the word I'm looking for here? The spread. Is yeah, it? thanks. The spread was 17 points. Um, so it ended up being 15. It, yeah, it's a pretty good game uh, for the neutral. Um, yeah, pretty good. Speaking of Vegas, you had a, you had a big bet on the weekend, didn't you? And did you get let down? Mm. Was this the game that let you down? Uh, this game let me down. Yeah, I had a, I had a I had a fivefold. Um, four four teams let me down. The one team that let me down, um, their <laughs> running back Lee threw for five touchdowns, didn't he? <laughs> I almost didn't know you meant that, but then I was like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." That's Sam, correct, yeah. Sam, the legend, Edinger. Um Yeah, I had I had Texas on the spread, which was like they'd, they were given like forty four points. Um, whoever they were playing, um, mm. 
Yeah. They, they covered yeah. it, but yeah, that, uh, yeah. The bottom line is, I had a five-fold. I was really confident about it, and four teams let <laughs> me down. App State was one of them. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Just thought I'd bring that one up there. Thanks, yeah, no, to be fair, like, I don't think we're going to talk about Texas amongst us, are we? Because it was a bit of a blowout. But um, yeah, you, mm. you played all right. Actually, didn't you? you only had three rushes as well, so making me look a bit silly. <laughs> my preseason uh, bashing that I've been doing of him. But, and um, I was going to let you off. I was going to give you the benefit of the doubt and not mention him in this podcast. But as you've mentioned him, um, <laughs> you know, as you mentioned Texas, I thought. It'd be rude not to bring him up. Yeah, no, for sure. Liam, you're going to talk to us about the pit game, aren't you? And a little bit of an obscure one yourself. Austin P of the FCS travelling to Pittsburgh. Finished 55 nothing to Pittsburgh. And it's about, as it sounds really, Pittsburgh just, uh, yeah, they just uh, unleashed on Austin P for the first half. Um, Kenny Pickett, the quarterback, I quite like it. The reason that I was interested in uh, Pittsburgh's game was because I thought they were one of the teams who were quite overlooked pre-season in the uh, top 25. They missed out. Mm. If one probably has heard about their strength is defensive line. Uh, Jalen Twyman has opted out uh, to enter the draft, but they've still got some talent there on their offensive line and it showed. But as I say, with Austin P FCS team, it's, a, it's one of those games that's tough to judge. It's up to judge how good Pittsburgh are going to be in terms of the ACC. Um, it was 42 nothing at half-time. And then uh, they actually, the two teams agreed to play 10-minute quarters in the second half to kind of <laughs> ease the pressure on, on Austin P on the uh, FCS team. And uh, I can't remember the last time I heard that uh, happening. <laughs> Um, as I say, offensively, uh, Pittsburgh, they, they did what they had to do. They scored 55 points. Um, I quite, as I say, I quite like Kenny Pickett as a quarterback. He, he plays well. I think he threw to 77 yards, 14 complete out of 20 and a touchdown. Um, and against like FCS opponents, it's kind of all he had to do. Mm. What is it that you're liking about Kenny Pickett? Obviously, you've just said as your introduction that you are a scouting guru. So what is it that you like about Kenny Pickett? What sort of traits are we looking at for him? I think he's, he's underrated as a leader. I like, uh, aesthetically, he's, he's a nice passer. I like the way he can move, uh, drive. Um, a couple of times last season, I thought uh, he kind of he got Pittsburgh. He won Pittsburgh games by uh, driving the offence. And he's not... He's not been given like the most dynamic of uh, offenses, mm. uh, so we've already talked about Clemson and mentioned Texas teams like that. Um, he's kind of like the focal point of their offense, and uh, he's probably going to stay that way from the looks of it. They, they <laughs> against Austin P, as I say, smallest school, they weren't running the ball as consistently as you'd expect. Um, defensively, they did everything they had to do. And mm-hmm. Fifty-five nothing says it all. Yeah, so you can only beat who's in front of you. I mean, we've talked about Austin P a couple of episodes ago when we were talking about the, what was it, Kieran, the most embarrassing game of football that you've ever seen or something like that against I, Central Arkansas. I have seen better high school games. <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking when I tell you I have seen like Whitmere Toledo versus Rogers High have had more technically proficient games than that season opener. That was the most turgid game of football I have ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Don't hold back or anything, mate, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, if anyone uh, wants to go back and hear Kieran's rant, I think it was uh, I don't know, four or five episodes ago, wasn't it, when we were talking about the Central Arkansas opener against Austin P. Well, Pittsburgh took pity on them. 
Yeah, it must, yeah, like you say, knocking it down to 10 minutes. Have a discussion at half time to play 10 minute quarters. I, d- I don't think I've ever actually heard that before. And I didn't, I didn't take any interest in this game, so I've actually never seen that before. So, yeah, that's a, it's a new one on me. But uh, it sounds like it was, uh, it was warranted because I don't know, the score could have been anything by the sounds of things. Good for Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> so it saves them some playing time as well if they don't need to, to risk any more playing time than they have to as well. So, yeah, very true. Very true. So, Andy, coming to you, I know you've been a bit quiet on the podcast so far. Is this, uh, this the game? Is this the reason why? Possibly. I was actually <laughs> going to speak about Birmingham City beating Brentford on the uh, <laughs> good game. <laughs> no, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start. I can see Kieran looking at me as if the uh, Patriots beat the Dolphins last night as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Um, yeah, so obviously I watched the Florida State game. Um, business as usual, really, wasn't it? It's, uh, that's fair to say. Um, but to be fair, th- this time around, I'm... I think there's an actual justifiable reason for the for the defeat, and if you kind of look at it, it's the kind of problem we've had for the last couple of years, really, in in the offensive line. But when the O line was on the pitch for the first few drives uh, on the field, sorry for the first few drives, it was uh, fine. It looked really good. Uh, scored on the first touch, first drive, uh, and then the injuries sort of started. So we ended up with uh, all about four of the five uh, O line missing time during the game. And when that happened, uh, honestly, the the pressure to uh, to Blackman uh, just was he just couldn't do much with the ball. Um, and frankly, some of the stuff he was doing was uh, pretty stupid and forcing the forcing the ball into double coverage and making uh, ill-advised throws. So it, it wasn't great, but you can't put the sole blame uh, there. Um, talk briefly about Georgia Tech, who who looked. You know they they took advantage of a bad situation. Uh, really liked their uh, their freshman quarterback Jeff Sims. Thought he was uh, quite you know quite quite lively. Uh, ran the ball really well. Um, a couple of like ill advised throws to kind of kick the game off, which uh, Asante Samuel picked both of those off. So that was a um, that was more on the quarterback than than the cornerback to be honest. But yeah, he looked really good. Uh, and the kind of kicking the teeth for, for Florida State fans as well, obviously, is the fact that Sims was committed to uh, FSU. Um, it was the first kind of uh, quarter, freshman quarterback that uh, the previous coach had had got committed. So yeah, a bit of a kick in the teeth there to see, see what we were missing out on. But um, but Blackman kind of yeah, great first drive. After that, bit, took a bit of a nosedive. And here's a pretty sad stat for you: uh, there's only one other Power Five team in the nation that has lost their last four season openers. That's Oregon State. So uh, Florida State keeping some good company there. Um, <laughs> One one uh, one bright spark for me was uh, Jordan Travis, who, but again, not not too bright of a spark. Um, they th- we were struggling to run the ball. Uh, brought Travis on, who's obviously the backup quarterback, but also uh, fantastic with his legs, and he, he kind of led the rushing for 39 yards off six rushes. So that's a sad kind of state of affairs in terms of the running game after replacing Cam Akers. But yeah, um, not 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 the most not the best game in the world. Um, not not crazy, a Florida State fan. Um, kind of saw signs of life at times for Mike Norvell and, and where it's going. But you kind of fear for this team this year could be uh, could be another kind of rebuild sort of year and come back stronger next year. Especially we've got the the Hurricanes next, and you get the impression they're not going to go lightly on the, on the Seminoles at all. Mm. Obviously, you mentioned Asante Samuel there. Obviously, coming up with a couple of picks, looking pretty good, I'd guess. I didn't obviously see this game. I saw a couple of picks on highlights, but was he generally pretty good or was they two sort of anomalies? 
they were two uh, very basic picks, frankly. But in in general, he looked very good. Uh, great coverage. Don't think he gave up a, a pass the whole game, sort of thing. So he was he was looking really good. Um, yeah, like Sims, Sims forced both passes into his hands, and uh, and the one was a real momentum breaker. To that, they kind of took us down the field. Had us in the ends in the red zone, and uh, and Samuel picked it off before. Then Blackman took us back the other way and scored. So, yeah, nice start to the game there. Um, Marvin Wilson looked great as well. He was again, he wasn't really generating the pressure himself but the kind of attention he was taking from two or three of their O-line freed up a couple of sacks from other players on the on, on the uh, uh, on the defensive line so yeah um defensively looked fine um offensively bit of a bit of a show to be honest but then I suppose you could kind of say the same about the Dolphins last night as well <laughs> <laughs> so I know that we we obviously had our mock draft a couple of weeks ago and um, we had about a thousand corners in the first round, anyway. But did we miss one here with Samuel? Um, or is he not really a first rounder for you? Just quite yeah. I think he's like a high day two pick. Frankly, um, occasionally gets like caught uh, like square to men and, and forced out of, and uh, you know, not not great at forcing um, uh, players like wide or anything like that. He's he's much more of a. Um, like you know, over the he can pick big, pick players off, makes big plays, but then sometimes goes missing for a few plays. Is the kind of way I'd sum that up. Mm. Kieran, you wanted to come in on Samuel there. Yeah, like Andy said, he he struggles to force players out wide. He's not the most physical guy, and you can see in some plays he, whether he's he's trying to, you know, take his initiative and read the quarterback's eyes, he can miss some assignments. But I think that's just just due to um, you know he's still young, so. You know, he could, you know, hit the weight room maybe, but um, if he could be a bit more physical uh, and play guys a bit closer, he he could definitely take his stock up to a day one. But he he needs to be like, you know what I say, Every, elite cornerbacks have to be able to tackle and be physical. It's not just about being a great ball hawk. So yeah, Andy's completely correct there, and I I think he's a high day two, but he needs to get that physicality into his game. Yeah, something that we talked about all about a lot of the corners, didn't we? And we said that we were quite enjoying the physical nature of some of these guys that we had in our first round a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, a bit all round, uh, like, yeah, onwards and, and upwards, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying it more in, not more in hope and expectation, I guess. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> So obviously I'm going to talk about uh, my new team. Obviously, people who listened to the podcast last week will now know that I'm a proud North Carolina fan. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of here repping my first ball, my yeah, boys, my first game as a UNC fan. Obviously, big big aspect of me picking this team was Sam Howell. I thought he played pretty okay from what I've seen. I've got to admit, I didn't actually watch this game from the start because I was watching the Leeds Liverpool game. Um, but from what I've seen, looks pretty good. Looks what we expect. Call yourself well. a fan. <laughs> yeah, not even watch them. Pretty tepid, pretty, pretty tepid start I, to my I also, also, just want to quick, sorry, sorry to um, interrupt no me. I just want to say that Sam Howe, I don't know if you know this, Andy, but he was also an FSU commit, wasn't he? Uh, so, uh, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> salt, salt for those wounds. Anyway. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, I just, I just, well, like I said, I was just saying that, um, yeah, Sam looked like he was kicking a bit of a rust off. I think it was a bit of a rusty start. You know, Syracuse were in it, and this is a pretty weak team in the AAC, should I say. Um, did throw a couple of picks, one off Diami Brown's hands, which I don't think he can help too much. Um, second one was a pretty nice pick by Andre Cisco, someone who I pointed out in my AAC preview. Uh, ACC preview, sorry, wrong conference. 
um, in the week last with last week. So it's up on fulltimeyards.com. So go and read it if you haven't seen that already. Um, I guess it's one of these learning points for Howler that he kind of hung it up there down the middle. And, you know, when you've got an athlete and a ball like Cisco in the middle, it's not advisable to just hang it up there for you receivers to go and get. You know, it's not Mike Williams that's over on the other, you know, going down the field for you. It's, uh, it's a college receiver. Um, but nonetheless, I thought the Tar Heels pretty much kept Syracuse at arm's length. Um, Jamonte Williams and Michael Cartlock, pretty potent uh, RB duo. Uh, Daz Newsom as well on returning. Um, got over 100 yards of return yards. So, yeah, some, some nice... Um, Highlights, let's say, it wasn't a complete performance by any means at all. And um, I didn't carry on from last year, really. Um, UNC showed that the fourth quarter Kings putting up 21 points, taking the score from 10-6 to 6 to a 31-6 finish. And like I say, maybe a bit of a, like we've been saying, maybe because of lack of sort of pre-season spring ball, things like that, maybe Syracuse were a bit gassed. But um, yeah, nonetheless, you know, put up some points in the fourth and uh, yeah, took it away from them. And for a nice uh, opening day victory. And it jumped them in there. Yeah, mate. I was just going to say I was quite impressed with uh, Syracuse until that until that mm-hmm. final quarter. To be honest, I thought they uh, they held out fantastically. Apparently, moved to a new new scheme before uh, the game and that sort of thing. So I thought they did really well. Like you mentioned, Cisco's pick as well, and they were well in it. Um, it was just that kind of thing that you see time and again in college football. Just a naff offensive line was just like proper like squandering the quarterback play and Devito was getting battered everywhere so you know if they'd got a bit more there it could have been uh, could have been a lot tighter than it ended up but no I think uh, UNC did well to, to come through the other end eventually and that's what you're looking for for a good team isn't it to kind of mm. be clinical when it's needed but but Syracuse not, not nearly as bad as uh, I was slated to be. Yeah sorry Bob we were going to say something then as well. Oh, no, I was literally just going to say what Andy said. I didn't realise um, Andy, uh, Andy was ready to go. Um, yeah, Syracuse, I didn't look, think looked too bad. But NC, um, you know, they're, they're great for... Uh, if you want to put a bet, bet on during the game, they're the best team to put a bet on because they always seem to show up in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's some in-play markets maybe for that one. <laughs> you uh, you after Adam was job here on the full turn as Rob. No, I no Adam is <laughs> Adam is the pro. I can never. I've, I've just told you I had an accumulate a fivefold <laughs> and I lost four. Do you really want me to start giving out betting tips? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. To be fair, I'm not I'm not a betting man myself. To be honest with you, so uh, less less of that said, the better. I think. So, um, obviously, we've got some nice games for everyone there. Go out, go out, watch highlights, get back on your ESPN player. If you watch one of those games, watch all the others and uh, yeah, fill your boots with college football action, especially if you, know, you do have ESPN player and you can go back. Um, better than game pass, isn't it, lads? <laughs> As we were maybe look, looking at that last night for the NFL. I think they were getting some heat, weren't they, last night from uh, some, some technical bugs, let's say, on the, and not for the first time either on the fight of game pass. The full 10 yards team is proud to present to you their 2020 NFL season guide. The boys have been working really hard this offseason to bring this to you. It's a guide of 130 pages and includes information on all 32 teams, including offseason wheeling and dealing, rookies, team and schedule information, along with fantasy football rankings and projections. It also includes a rookie's guide to American football, giving you an introduction into the game and an A to Z on some handy information and some of the penalties. But there's more. We've also got an interview with TV personality Nat Coombs, along with a view from the sideline where a fan from every team gives their thoughts on the upcoming season. We include information on how you can support the game in the UK and information on how you can follow us and our work as we aim to invest our profits to help more people become coaches or officials in the UK. When you buy this guide, we will also give you a free PDF version of the guide so you can have it with you on the go at 
at all times. All you have to do to get your hands on one of these guides is to go to Amazon and search for the full 10 yards season guide. You're going to get the 130 page guide and you're going to get the PDF for your mobile devices. All for just a one-off payment of $10.99. It really is a good deal. Don't miss out. This is for everyone. Whether you've been watching the NFL for 10, 20, 30 years or whether you're new to the sport and you're just picking it up. This guide is for everyone. It's got everything you need to know about all 32 teams. Well worth anyone's money. And you're putting money back into the BAFA community to help pay for coaching and refereeing courses. So there you go, folks. Go grab yourself a copy today. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. And as always, keep those eyes peeled. So that's uh, that's this week's action done. Uh, we're going to look forward to next week now and, and the games that are coming up. We're going to look at some you know, storylines, ball takes, not sort of organised, just sort of what we're looking for next next week, maybe some players to watch as well. Um, who wants to start us off? Liam, should we come to you first for some, some action for next week and what you're going to point us out for? Uh, yeah, OK. Um, let's go for, um, well, uh, Georgia Tech after their win over FSU. Uh they're at home to uh, UCF of the AAC, UCF's mm. first game of the season. Um, they're probably, as they have been for a few years, going to be favourites to win the AAC conference. And it's a chance to see how Georgia Tech can build on their win. Um, Austin P again, are playing their last game of the season, which is probably a good <laughs> idea. Um, it's their... They're playing their last game of the season against Cincinnati, and it's Cincinnati's first game of the season. So it's kind of a sign of the times that a team are finishing their season against a team that's starting their season. Uh, Clemson are at home to the Citadel, which isn't going to be any harder than they've already gone through. Yeah. Yeah, as we mentioned. I mean... It's a bit of a funny one, isn't it? I mean, we've had... Obviously, we mentioned our fantasy draft, and that's what we'll be talking about a little bit next week. But... COVID's going to play a bit of havoc, isn't it, with the fixtures as they got to kind of come out. We've already got Virginia versus Virginia Tech that's been postponed, that was postponed before this weekend's games kicked off. And yeah, hold on to your hats a little bit with that one, I think. Who else has got something for us to look forward to then next time? Andy, go. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Miami versus Louisville game. A um, couple of, uh, there he is, He's, <laughs> Rob's ready to speak on that one. He, he loves it. Uh, to be honest, I'm not going to lie, Liam, Liam took my UCF shot because I was going to come in with <laughs> It's going to come with a massive bold shout that UCF make the playoffs for the uh, for the first time this year. I reckon there's gonna, always room for that. I, I was going to. It, my reasoning being, if they're going to do it, it's, this is going to be the year, isn't it? If they if they go unbeaten and then like you know conferences are missing and stuff, then you know there's a good shout to put them in, really, isn't it? But um, yeah, it'd be a good game against Georgia Tech, and uh, if they can take them down, then uh, then at least one team in in Northern Central Florida's doing okay <laughs> um, how, how mad do you think Scott Frost would be if they actually made it this year considering I mean, that Nebraska won a play and they're not able to as well <laughs> be crazy wouldn't it but I, it'd be great because like we might even get Mackenzie Milton back on the uh, on the field by the end of the year that'd be a justified way for him to go out so that'd be mm. nice um, anyway, yeah, Miami-Louisville, um, I think that's going to be a great game. Um, two very good quarterbacks. We touched on Mikhail Cunningham uh, last week and uh, he got the ball rolling fantastically well, as uh, Rob pointed out in his uh, winner's column for the, on the website today as well. And then uh, Miami started quite well last Thursday, didn't we? I thought we, were, thought we might touch on that in the, uh, in the game recaps last week, uh, this week, sorry. But they, uh, yeah, they started well. Uh, building again ahead of that Florida State game. So, yeah, could be a bit of a ding-dong there. 
Yeah, definitely. Rob, did you want to come and say something on this one? You were very excited when you mentioned that game. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I, I, I was buzzing for this game. I, I, I really like both teams as kind of outsiders. Um, I, I, I love the story at, at Louisville, like going from sort of riches to rags, if you like, and now back to riches with uh, uh, Scott Satterfield rebuilding that team. Um, and yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to this. But I will say, uh, Kieran, you'll, you'll like what I'm about to say, because in our fantasy league, I, I did pick up the LSU defense this week, um, because obviously, obviously, I know they're not playing this week, but from next week onwards, um, because I did have Miami, they were my team that I drafted, but I've dropped them for this game, because I don't know which way this is going to go. It's going to be a really tight game. And I think Louisville... Um, could really do some damage. Uh, but at the same time, I could see the other way around as well. I could see, you know, Miami had a really good offensive game on Thursday night. Um, they, they they ran riot on Thursday and I could see that happening again. So it, it's one I really, really, really want to watch. Unfortunately, it'll be, I'll be in bed when this is on at, at one o'clock in the morning. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see the box score this one, definitely. Um mm. But yeah, for, for me, like I said, on the fantasy league, I, I had to drop Miami this week. Um, so I've actually, um, I can't remember what team, I picked up my Oklahoma State for this week and then LSU and I picked up Georgia as well. So Kieran's <laughs> 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 face is doing all sorts of uh, yeah contorted figures now. But no, I, I, they were both sitting there. So I thought I'd pick them up. Why not? And I'm just going to flip flat between them two. Hedging your bets. Exactly. Yeah. I uh, yeah my my kind of bold take was attached to this game as well because obviously we had mentioned uh, King uh, Cunningham and obviously we've got Derek King on the other side as well so I had a bold take that's going to be six quarterback rushing touchdowns between them for this one so mm. yeah watch out for that one um, maybe a couple of quid going that way <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I think we should probably adopt. Um... The, the Louisville um, quarterback as our sort of guy that we speak about on the pod every week, um, okay. as well as Sam Ellinger, of course. Um, but yeah, it's I like think the Mikhail, anti-hero. Maybe he be our, our hero. I think Mikael Cunningham is someone that we all get behind. If we all want to do well, so uh, let's let's adopt him as our as our as our guy. <laughs> well, yeah, Mikael Cunningham watch as a segment on the pod now from from now onwards. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think uh, yeah, there's, a, there's a few quarterbacks that we kind of like, isn't there? We've got a couple there in one game. I guess I, I had my big shout, but you guys have spoke about that game, so I've kind of been scratching around as you guys have been looking for another one. And um, yeah, the, the the quarterback that Texas probably should have kept, uh, Shane Bruchel, going <laughs> up against North Texas. I'm going to be looking out for him. He's a quarterback that I've actually really liked for quite a while, actually, because I think he's quite exciting. I think SMU's offense is quite exciting. I think they've got some guys as well. So just be looking out for his performance, really, and just see if he can kick on. Had a pretty decent... Um, you know, season last year, and just seeing if you can kick on throughout this season, really, and just uh, build on that, and you know, potentially be a late round draft pick for someone. I don't know. Kieran, we'll come to you next, and I think this is uh, well. I don't know. We've not had Rob's first one, so we've got to finish this off. But you want you hit us up with what you're looking forward to this week. Um, this is going to please Rob. Actually, I'm really looking forward to App State Marshall. I think you know, like like Rob says, App State are a little bit disrespected. Uh, and Marshall aren't the best team, but I still think it'll be a fairly close game. Um, Marshall can really pull off some upsets. It, it, it'd be nice to see him square off. Uh, another game that isn't really getting talked about enough is uh, Baylor versus Houston. Mm. That's going to be, you know, a Texas rivalry. It's going to be a hell of a showdown. I don't think it'll be as exciting as App State Marshall just because you've got a lot of hungrier guys there. But um, two matchups that are going to be a lot of fun. And obviously Houston, where I think Derek King used to play, they kind of, 
you know, got a bit of a void at quarterback. So we, we might see a couple guys slot in and out looking to take that job. Uh, yeah, just, just going to – there's a lot of fun games coming up uh, the upcoming week. Uh, uh, UCF, Georgia Tech, obviously. Florida Atlantic versus Georgia Southern is going to be another great one. Two small schools. Florida Atlantic have obviously got a massive commit in quarterback Shadur Sanders, who is Deion Sanders' son. The kid's talented, so uh, you know maybe we'll see him make an appearance, and that'll be. Uh... Did you hear the crazy thing about Georgia Southern last week? They had thirty-three players absent on the COVID list, and they still played, which that's, was nuts. Uh, and they nearly that's... won, I think. Um, they had a real close game or something like that. I don't, I don't quite remember off the top of my head, but they had thirty-three players missing. So it'd be interesting to see if they have any more of them come back this week, or whether they're still short. It's advantage of those uh, ninety-man rosters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's exactly what I was just talking about a minute, a minute ago with the havoc that's going to play, isn't it? You know, there's going to yeah. be players dropping out and some weaker teams going to be some funny results going around, I think, just uh, over this next season, really. It's just going to be, yeah, it's just going to be on the fly, isn't it, the whole time? Yep. Rob, you've got something to look forward to. Yeah, okay. I guess I'll piggyback off what Liam was saying about Pittsburgh. They're obviously playing, um, as as Andy mentioned, Syracuse, and, and we we both said that Syracuse we didn't think did too badly um, this weekend, and and it will be a, a test for Pittsburgh uh, rather than than last week playing an FCS school. So the first game in sort of SBS land, and and it, and it comes in the way of the Orange Pitts at home. They're heavily favoured, so you'd expect them to do damage, but it could be one to to cast your eyes on. And the last one I will mention is uh, your very own North Carolina are hosting uh, Charlotte. And like I said, I watched Charlotte last week against App State and they really surprised me. They were good on offense. They were good at special teams. They did have a, uh, they ran a kickoff back to the house. Um, so they could spring some surprises. They, they're a sticky team. Mm. Uh, like Kieran like just said, the, these teams, Charlotte, Marshall, Georgia Southern, they're all sticky teams down in, in that uh, Sun Belt and uh, that can always spring a surprise. Uh, so, so yes, uh, that would be a good one to watch. Yeah, for sure. No, definitely a potential couple of upsets there, maybe making it a bit more uncomfortable for UNC as they, uh, you know, didn't perform too well to begin with last week against Syracuse. So yeah, definitely ones to watch there and keep your eyes peeled for, for sure. So guys, I think that brings us to the end of this episode with a bit of a roundup. Obviously, we've got a few things in the pipeline for the next couple of weeks on the podcast and obviously a couple more articles to go. Obviously, if you've not seen it already, um, go out and have a look at Andy and Rob's uh, wins and losers from this week um, that came out. Well, we recorded on a Monday, it came out on Monday, and that's going to be a regular feature um, as we go through the season. Just that's going to drop every Monday morning, so have a little look at that. Uh, Kieran, have you got a hand up? Something's coming out from you eventually? Uh, no, I was about to just add on to what Rob said uh, about Sunbelt teams. Coastal Carolina upset in Kansas this weekend. That, yeah. that didn't really get. That was phenomenal. Mm. Yeah. A very exciting game, and and like you said, some belt teams can do that. Well, look at look at Louisiana Lafayette. The Raging Cajuns took out mm. the uh, Iowa State Cyclones. A massive, massive win. The Sun Belt is winning. The Sun Belt is winning this year. Uh, and I, you know, they're the third Power Five team uh, conference because they're better than the Big Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually we got all, almost all the way through the pod without mentioning the Iowa State result, which um, yeah, it was quite an upset, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, crazy. 
Absolutely crazy. But again, like I said, there are sticky teams in the Sun Belt and the Raging Cajuns have been sort of the second, third best team in that conference for, for years now. And they've got a real shout of, you know, knocking App State off the perch because, you know, they, they look really good. Um, I'm looking forward. I think that's in three weeks time, by the way, Louisiana, um, uh, Louisiana Lafayette versus App State. I think it's in three weeks time. That'll be a big one to watch. That'll be a one to watch for that week, then, I'm sure. Kieran? Uniforms article, man. When are we seeing it? We're, we're all waiting with baby breath here. I, I put a message in group chat. I needed help because for some reason I can't upload the pictures to WordPress. Okay. Oh, I've got I mean... I've got the article done. I can screen share you and show you it. I put a message in group <laughs> chat like a few days ago. I was like, hey, someone help. The listeners, the listeners it, are I just, waiting. <laughs> I just got ignored. Admin's not doing their job. Yeah, we must have missed that one. The listeners are waiting for this uniform icon. To be fair, so am I. I can't wait to see this one and uh, see what you've come up with with this one. Oh, well, actually, not actually. I'll take that credit back off you, actually. You said you put this out to like, a public vote, didn't you? So not... not yeah, you, I, I, I asked, I asked, yeah, I asked around a few people. Uh, once we go off air, I'll screen share it quick, uh, my screen for you and quickly show you what I've put on there so you, you guys can sort of uh, see if you agree with it before I release it. What if we don't? Are you going to not not put it out? No, I'm going to put it out. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, look, if Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Joe Burrow have proved anything, it's that I'm always right. Why so. does it always get to this point of the podcast and you have to bring up LSU <laughs> every time? It's a superiority complex thing. I, I mean, to be fair, Joe Burrow lost, so can't be that good, can he? You know, Casey Hayward pushed <laughs> off. We will not also, talk about that. <laughs> come on, Joe. Joe Burrow also ate a lot of grass. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. he he. he uh, tough man. Yeah, yeah, he got up. He got up. Yeah. Anyway, we'll save that one for the uh, the NFL boys to talk about. I'm sure we'll be taking their airtime with our Joe Burrow chat there. But yeah, I'm sure we'll have a few things in the pipeline uh, coming along in the next few weeks, and obviously we've got Kieran's article and winners and losers as a regular thing. So, yep, thanks for listening again, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. For all your football needs, check out our website, full10yards.com, or follow us on Twitter at Full10YardsCFB. And remember, keep those eyes peeled.